Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Porto Podcast in English. This is episode number 37. I'm your host, Rui dos Santos, and I'll be doing this episode for you all solo. Unfortunately, tonight, Jason isn't able to, to make it. Uh, we had to record something quickly, and it was all last minute. We've both been running around like crazy, so it's been really difficult to record lately, but we'll be back and running on a weekly basis when the season kicks off. But anyway, guys, I, as most of you, if not all of you, have uh, <clears throat> have heard, Alan Varela reportedly has is on his way to Porto. The only thing that's missing out is basically a signature Porto and Boca Juniors have finally met in agreement, and that was the whole thing that was holding back this entire deal from going through. Reports from weeks ago have said that Alan Varela was ready to join Porto on a four- or five-year deal, whatever it was, and Boca Juniors was just stalling and stalling, and it seems like both sides have gotten a court, and we're just waiting for Alan Varela to to look over the details and sign the contract so he can head over to Porto. I think this is an absolute massive signing. Fabrizio Romano, Di Marzio, Michael uh, Rincon, Mercado uh, Azul all have confirmed the agreement between both clubs just missing the signature from Alan Varela. So this looks like it's going to happen 99% on my forecast that it's going to go through. We're just waiting for that signature. Uh, the, the details of this of this deal is that Porto will pay 8 million euros plus 3 million in add-ons. The transfer fee will be paid in four years. The eight, for my, To my understanding, the 8 million will be paid in four years. Boca will receive 20% of the future resale. And Porto will have 85% of the players pass. I think this is fantastic business. I know a lot of us have been frustrated. I've been reading on the internet that it's the board. We have no money. It's this and that. I think this deal is amazing. I think finances on Porto's end is not the issue. We're caught up with FFP. We agreed for that initial or the reports of the initial $3 million initial uh, payment. I think this was just Boca Juniors stalling because they're having a disaster season and they just want to hang on to arguably their best player to kind of get them through into the next round of of the Copa Libertadores until their new signings arrive to the club because they need everything to go right as possible right now because they are hurting and they need to save their season and Copa Libertadores is it. So you have to understand Boca Juniors. I understand it. Uh, if we were Boca Juniors fans, we'd be hoping the same thing. Yeah, let's hang on to this guy for a couple more games so we can get through, and then we'll wait on for the for the following transfers to arrive. But anyway, I think this is great business from the club, and I like how we didn't give up. This player seems to be a great potential, and I think he's going to fit in perfectly at our club. Uh, he's going to be a great Mateus Uribe replacement. Uribe has been fantastic for us over the years, but I think he's going to be far better. I think he's going to do the same exact job. He can offer the same intensity. The two-way player, leadership, uh, energy, all that you need in a in a all-around two-way midfielder. He's got it all, and I'm super ecstatic. And alongside with Nico Gonzalez, who also uh, arrived at Porto last week, you know, these two players are fantastic acquisitions to our midfield. We still have Grujic, we still have Ilstaki, we finally have depth, and hopefully. If all these signings 
play out to how we hope, we're going to be rock solid this year and have multiple options to work with. So super, super ecstatic. I'm happy with the business on this. This is it's it's been a long run for us. It's been frustrating from the board what the the decisions that they've been making over the years. But I feel like in in Alan Varela's case, the deal here, I think it's much better than the Nico Gonzalez deal. But I will take it. I think Nico Gonzalez and Varela, I think they're here for at least two seasons. So we had our our future is pretty promising. And alongside with Steven Ostaku and and Grujic for this season, I think this is great. This is enough enough depth to get us through uh, to this season and have a really rock solid midfield. So I'm super ecstatic to see what's going to play out. Unfortunately, we're definitely not going to see Alan Varela for the Super Cup final against Benfica, but you know what? It's all about the league and I can't wait to see him and Nico Gonzalez in action this year. So Nico, I'm just going to touch back on uh, Nico Gonzalez's Transfer, the details here, he was signed from Barcelona last week. Uh, He signed a contract until 2028 with a 60 million euro release clause. Porto will pay 8.5 million for the transfer. Barcelona will get a 30 million buyback clause that will expire in June of 2025. So I think we're going to have him for at least two years, even if Barcelona do like him. Even if he does blow up this year, I think Barcelona will like us to hang on to him and grow him some more if they do want to buy him. If they don't want to buy him, Barcelona will receive 40% of the future the future sale. Uh, in my opinion, I think this is a, it's an okay deal. Um, Nico's a great potential. I think Porto just could have done better on the future resale percentage. I think 40% is way too high. And I think the release clause is a little too low too. Because if his contract's in 2028, the market's just going to keep growing. It's going to be inflated. And by 2028, 60 million euros is probably going to be a little too low. So um, hopefully that can be corrected at some point. But in the end, the positives that I can take out of this is that I think Porto will have him for at least two seasons. So it's two seasons where we're going to have a good midfielder, a young player. And in the end, we'll make money on him, whether it's Barcelona buying him back for $30 million or we sell him for $60 million and Barcelona get 40%, which is about $24 million of the sale. So we keep around $36 million. It's not great or wowing or anything like that or jaw dropping but it is what it is i want to win trophies i think we all want to win trophies and i think nico and and varela are the future midfielders for at least the next two seasons in my opinion so if it all pans out it's going to definitely be worth it so i'm going to jump into a possible acquisition that we could be making i'm just going to jump into one of them i know there's others in terms of um, uh, fullbacks and whatever, but Ivan Jaime has been a player that's been on our radar. He's been talked about a lot. From my understanding, from the reports that were were thrown out by Mercado Azul, it says that Ivan Jaime wants Porto. He wants to play for Porto, but Porto have other positions that need to be filled. And until there is a vacancy, it's going to be difficult to sign him at the moment. The positives on this side are... Ivan wanting to to play for Porto could hold off him being interested in any other clubs. If he wants to come here, I'm sure he'll wait until the end of August for Porto to find some sort of vacancy or money to make this deal happen. So that's a possibility. And also, 
With Gabriel Veron, who picked up an injury this summer, who's going to be out for three months, this could persuade Porto to just bite the bullet and just get someone to fill in, even if it's just for the, the first half of the season, because we do need to have depth in order to win um, in order to win the league and to go far into the Champions League. So I'm not going to rule this one out. I think there is a possibility here. Now that Alan Varela's deal is pretty much set, I think we might have enough money to make this happen and also some fullbacks as well. So we're going to keep this on the radar. Let's see what happens there. But I would absolutely love Ivan Jaime to to come in this year. He was voted the, the, the best young player in Portugal last year. He knows how to play. He does really well, and he's performed against the big clubs last year. So that's an exciting, exciting target. Hopefully, it pans out in our favor. All right, I'm going to move on to a couple of rumors of players, two strikers on our team that are reported or are rumored to potentially be leaving, Teremi and Tony Martinez. These are the two guys that have been essential the last couple of years for us and that contributed really well in the last two seasons. Teremi, reports came out today that Teremi um, is being targeted by Tottenham. Tottenham are really interested in Teremi because he could be the possible replacement for Harry Kane, who's been receiving offers from big clubs like Bayern Munich. And it seems like he's on his way out. So Tottenham, who don't like to spend too much money on players, 24 million, 30 million may be the right uh, amount for a replacement for one season or two seasons. Their original offer is 24 million euros, and Porto are asking for 30 million. That is the report. I love that the 24 million. I will take it in a hot second, and I'm loving it even more that Porto are just willing to go after it and ask for more. I think we could settle for 24 million. We paid 5 million for him, and if we're able to cover and make more money on what we originally paid for him, it's good business. Teremi has been essential for us. He's 31. He's not really proven in Europe's biggest leagues. Uh, he's in the last year of his contract, and to get $24 million at least for him is, is amazing. And I think the club should not pass up on it. We have so many strikers already. We have Namasu. We have Eva Nielsen. We just picked up Fran Navarro, who we really like already. He's been fantastic the two years that he played for Gil Vicente. And if Tony Martinez does stay, those are four strikers. Having five is way too much. So I think biting the bullet and taking Teremi out and making money on it is just going to do us well in terms of finances. So we would definitely, definitely need that. And if this deal does happen, I hope it's after the Supertasa because we could use Teremi in this game. We could use the best players that we have in order to win another trophy against our biggest rivals. And it would be an amazing way to just go out on top, beating Benfica, getting a trophy. That would be amazing. It would be a dream for Teremi, and it would be great for us as well. So hopefully, if Teremi does leave, it happens after, and hopefully it's for at least those $24 million or more. So Tony Martinez, as I mentioned, has been targeted by Valencia. You know, there's not too much going into this. I know there's a lot of interest and whatnot. Tony is 26 years old. Valencia need Cavani's replacement. 
It's his native country. It's his youth club. Porto are valuating him at 10 million euros. You know, uh, I can kind of see Tony wanting to go back because it's his native country. It's his youth. Uh, it's his youth club. Um, and I think for him, it's an opportunity to actually be in a starting 11 uh, on a weekly basis. Here at Porto, we know his role. We appreciate his role. He comes off the bench. He starts in some games. He contributes. You know, he is a great role player. He's not an every week starter for us. We When we need him, he is there. And for the most part, most of us like where he is. So to me, I think he's really... I think he's essential because of what he offers and what he can do. Um, so I'm kind of tossed on this. If we should actually take this deal, I think we should wait a little bit longer. As I mentioned, Navarro, uh, Ivan Nielsen, Tony Namaso, I mean, uh, Danny Namaso, and Tony Martinez. I think that's just perfect for next season. I think if we lose Tony and Teremi, I think we're going to be a little thin up top, especially with Ivan Nielsen's struggles. Uh, staying healthy and being consistent on the pitch. I think having Tony as that second option, that security, a guy that understands the system, a guy that we can rely on for a short period of time uh, in games where even Nielsen is not okay or or Namasu or, or Navarro or whoever, he can always fill in the, in, in the role and do the job that we need. So I think overall, if I had to choose between one of them to leave, it would be Taremi for financial reasons. And then hopefully we can just keep Tony for one more year at least. You know, I, I have a great feeling about this season, especially after these signings in the midfield. We're missing a couple of pieces, maybe another center back, a left back for sure, and possibly a right back. Um, the striker position would be filled, and I would absolutely like if Tony Martinez stayed one more season despite having four strikers up top. I think that would be essential. So that pretty much does it for all the transfer wrap up, um, the transfer buzz of this episode. I'm just going to jump quickly into the Twitter questions. These were asked over a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago. So we apologize again that we're, we're recording super late, but uh, these questions are a little delayed, but we're going to get to them anyway. Our first question comes from Artur Georges Bigod at Viva underscore La Vida. It's a bit off topic in terms of Porto. Have you been watching the Women's World Cup? Portugal ladies play USA next and need a win or a draw plus Vietnam win to get through to the next stage. Can we do it? Yeah, I mean, relying on Vietnam to to get a win uh, and you know, the draw was, it's exactly what happened against the U.S., but hoping for Vietnam to win was just asking for too much. Portugal needed to win this game, and I know the U.S. national team isn't where isn't where they once were, but they are still one of the favorites, to my understanding. I don't watch too much women's football, but to my understanding, they were one of the best teams to win, um, and Portugal did great. In this game, uh, the game ended in 0-0 draw. And at the end, Portugal had a one-on-one breakaway with the goalkeeper. And they hit the post. And it could have just been one of the biggest upsets in women's World Cup history had Portugal had scored and won the game. Um, I'm really surprised how well the the Portuguese women's team has done this tournament and how much they've grown. Because I believe this was their first World Cup. 
and they've never been great at it. And they've grown a lot in such a short amount of time and they've developed a great team. So um, I wish Portugal won because it, it'd be nice to, to see the see Portugal win in general and see an underdog and not the same teams over and over again winning in the Women's World Cup or going far at least. MMM at Mike underscore Dizazouj 15. Is it time to move on and sell low on Eva Nielsen? If we keep that at me, we have plenty of strikers with Namasu, Navarro, and Martinez as well. Yeah, I mean, kind of touched up on it. it. I think Eva Nielsen, we should hang on to him because we know he's a potential. He's still young. Last year could be his throwaway year, but we know what he's capable of. And we've seen how good he can be. Two years ago in the championship season, he really stepped up, scored against big teams, both Benfica and Sporting that year. Uh, So he showed up in big games. Last year, he struggled to be healthy. It seemed like in games where he would return, he was just never 100% fit. And he was like forced to be out there. And, you know, mentally that, that messes with you. And even when you are healthy... You're just trying to find your form back, and it becomes frustrating. So hopefully this offseason kind of cleared everything up for him. I don't want to sell him now because of what his potential could be. His ceiling is still very high. His release clause at one point was 100 million euros. Let's see if we can get close to that. I think keeping him is much more important than it is to keep Teremi in terms of finances because the future of Ivan Nielsen can be very bright, and we could get a lot of money from for him in the long run. So I think we keep even Nielsen now and give him at least one more year and see what he's made of. I think we're going to rely on him a lot this year, especially if Teremi leaves. So I think Teremi's going to go, but if we have him, Namasu, Navarro, and Martinez, you know, that's a good core of strikers. So let's see what happens there, but I, I'm more on the side of keeping even Nielsen to see if we can maximize his potential and get, close to his uh, release clause. That would be great. Jack Hacken, FCP slash 010, Baro Enjoyer at Companator. Baro has returned from loan and has made a decent impression this preseason and seems to be decently popular with Portistas. Do you think Baro can break into the squad this season and fill the void left by Vitinha and Fabio Vieira in terms of creativity in the midfield. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the season where we're going to see a little bit of him. He's still super young, a lot of potential. We love him. A lot of us wish that he stayed on the first squad last year and want to see more and more of him because of his potential and what he's capable of. So I think this year we're going to see quite a bit. And I love I love the connection that he had with Namasu in the last game uh, of our preseason where we finished one-to-one. He crossed into the box in the latter parts of the game where Namasu headed in the the tie uh, the tying goal. You know, that's what we want to see from our young players. But oh, has been looking really good this this preseason, as you mentioned, Jack. So let's see what happens. He's going to be on the first squad this year, and I think we're going to see whether he's playing on the wing or if Sergio wants to really deploy a number 10. I think we're going to see a little bit of him, and we're going to see what he's made of. It's going to take a while for him to, to, to break in into the squad and get comfortable, but I think we're going to see a little bit of him, and we all want to see him develop because... He's a youth academy t- uh, player, 
and he's got a lot of potential. CD Baruch at CD Baruch 8. My question, do you believe in Conceição's law? Porto win the title every other year because it's happening, so get ready. Hey, I don't know if there's a law or not. I'm not superstitious, but yeah, I'm going to I'm going to believe in it because I'm always going to believe that we can win the league every single year even when our backs are up against the are up against the wall. As long as Conceição is there, that guy does miracles. This year, I think we're going to be a little bit more polished and we're going to have a better squad. And I think we're going to start off the season much better this year than we did last year. So, yeah, I'm going to believe it. I'm predicting us winning the league this year. J-Rod at J-Rod2589. Who is more stylish, Rui or Jason? <laughs> so uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jason. I used to think I was a little bit stylish myself. You know, I used to like to dress up and buy nice things, but I'm going to go with Jason on this one. He's got the really cool kits from Providence City FC, the local club here that he runs, and somehow Jason has... Jason does better business than, you know, our the Porto's board does. So in terms of of nice kits and apparel, Jason has it right with Providence City FC and he's always got good Porto gear too, so I'm going to go with him on that. Great question, uh J-Rod. <laughs> Brian Pereira at B Pereira underscore 1022. What is Jason's top 3 and wor- uh the top 3 and worst 3 Porto jerseys. So I read this question wrong. Unfortunately, Jason's not here. I thought it was just the worst, uh, the three worst jerseys that Porto ever had. So uh, my bad, Brian. I'm only going to give you my my worst three jerseys since Jason's not here. Uh, I'm going to go with the orange one from a few years ago. What, what was it? 2017, 2018. Never a fan of that. It's just not Porto. Um, I'll throw a home kit in there. Uh, 2018-2019 season was never really my favorite kit. Never liked it that much, even though it was kind of simple. But there was something about it that I just never really liked. And then this one obviously tops it all because this is very unlike Porto. The brown one from 2016, that has to be one of the worst kits ever designed by any club. It was so ugly, and I don't know how... I don't know how someone can keep a job after designing a jersey like that. Porto doesn't have any brown in their club. And somehow we got a jersey like that. I'll never understand how or why that ended up in our locker room and in our stores. So those are my three worst kits ever. Thanks for your question, Brian. Always great. Benfiquista Americano at Benfiquista Un. What starting 11 would you like to see for the the, the Super Tasa? I would have loved to see Alan Varela start, uh, but that's not really going to happen because he's going to arrive this weekend if he does arrive. Um, but if I were to go with a squad or what I think, who I think Sergio Conceição is going to deploy, obviously it's going to be Diogo Costa in net. Zaidu is going to have to be the guy because Wendell is suspended. I'll go with our most reliable center backs from last season, Ivan Marcano and Pep. And then I'll go with Pepe at right back since Joao Mario is still hurt. 
And then in the midfield, four across, I'll go with Galenu, Eustakiu, Grujic, and Otavio on the right. And then at our strikers, I'm going to go with Teremi and, and uh, Fran Navarro. Uh, Fran Navarro has been pretty good this year in the preseason, so... I think that's going to be our starting 11 against you guys. I think that's the best that we have, and that's the best what we're going to offer. Baba Melli at Blueberry Caves. Terrible preseason for Porto. I'm actually worried. Have you guys watched any of the games? Unfortunately, it's it's really hard over here in the States to catch the, the preseason games all the way over here, so I haven't, and I'm not really... I could be wrong, but I'm not going to put too, too much stock into it. I think from what I've read, some players have done well, and there were some games where we did okay, and then there were games where we did not do well. Um, but I don't put too much stock in it. I think usually when the season starts, Porto is usually prepared. These, game, these games don't have a lot of meaning to it. Uh, it's more for preparation, and, you know, it, it's... You're not going to see that Tripeiro Gara out there. And Sergio wants to try different things. So the approaches, the starting 11s, they're not going to be exactly the same. There's This is a time for trial and error before the season starts. So let's not put too much stock into it yet. And I'm not saying that, that what I'm saying is 100% true. I wouldn't be too worried yet. Let's see what happens in the Supertasa and then the first couple of games of the season. Hopefully it's much better than last. Cam Raphael at Cam Rafi. I'm sorry, Cam Rafi A at Cam Rafi A. I'm sorry if I butchered your name, uh, Cam. Uh, he asks, will Porto invest in scouting more Iranian talents considering the ROI they got from Teremi? Also curious if you can talk about some other signings that Porto had done in the past, which were cheap but had high impact. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see why not. I think um, uh, Iran has been one of the most interesting international teams in the last ten years. They have grown a lot. They've developed a lot of young players. They've developed a great international team. They've been one of the best in the Middle East, in Asia. Um, you know, they have a great story. And they're starting to develop even better, younger players now than they were doing about 10 years ago. So the future is pretty bright with the national team and football in general in Iran. So why not? Porto had this history of, of getting one player from a certain country. And then there's like a wave of bringing two or three more in a short amount of time. We've seen it with, with Mexico. We've seen it with Colombia. So who knows? Maybe Iran will be that new country where Porto is going to start eyeing these young players. And Iran has quite a few of them on the radar right now, more so than at the time Teremi was 20 and 21 years old. So it's a really interesting country uh, for football, Iran. So it, they have an exciting, exciting future. And we're going to start seeing, and we are seeing, more and more Iranian players kind of moving their way into Europe. Um Players in the past that were cheap and had a high impact. I mean, we've had quite a few, quite a few players. There's so many to choose from. Porto has always been that money ball club, and they were one of the first in Europe to to be so successful at it. I mean, players off the top of my head. I mean, Luis Diaz, uh, Militão, uh, Brahimi, 
even though Brahimi left on a free transfer, players like that, there's been a lot, a lot of players, a lot uh, of players that you see in Europe that came from Porto all arrived cheap. And for the most part, whether Porto got it right or not on the transfer fee, they were sold, they were bought cheap and they were sold at a reasonable fee. So a lot of players, I can't think of any more right now because there's so many to choose from, but Porto have had that history of developing uh, great young players for a cheap price and selling them at a maximum value. Jackson Martinez, Falcão, James Rodriguez, uh, so many others. So the, the just more names that just popped into my head. Otamendi. So uh, last question will come from ACM87 at FCP87. Why have Porto not had a presentation match at home the past few seasons? I don't know. Maybe because we're broke. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to run up the electric bill. I don't know. Um, I don't really understand why. I don't know really what the importance of it is, really. I think it's just when it's a new season, it's a new season. But um, I don't know exactly why. But when I look into the preseason, I'm always looking forward to watching the players if I can. But to answer your question, I have no idea. So that will do it for this episode. Thank you all for your questions. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode. Follow us on Twitter at FCPortupodENG. Follow us on Instagram at PortuPodENG. On Facebook, the Porto Podcast in English. And if you like the show, subscribe, hit the five stars, leave a review, whether it's on iTunes or on Spotify. We would really appreciate it. It helps us grow, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you.